Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to a new episode of Bakchoti Discussion and Social Meeting. This is our 7th uh, uh, podcast and I think before we start first of all we would like to thank the listener for all the support and uh, general feedback that we have been getting. Uh, another thing we would also like to do is give a shout out to Alloy who was there with us since the f- uh, beginning of this idea and whose experience and general feedback also helped us with the whole inception and he was also actually the one who actually helped us uh, come out with the the whole BDSM uh, name so he's definitely one we would never be able to uh, what do you call this we would never have been able to f- start this without him so what do you guys feel about BDSM number 7 and our feedback edgar hey eden um i'm so happy to be recording after after it's been some time right and i'm really happy to be back uh doing our seventh episode the feedback that we got was really amazing man i mean uh, i didn't expect people to be so supportive and actually go and listen to the podcast give us their take out the time from their busy schedule and you know give us feedback so that we could come back uh, analyze it uh here what they said and now we can improve ourselves uh so that was really amazing what do you what about you lionel yeah so the whole experience has been really great uh thank thank you a great shout out to alloy again thanks a lot for all the support till now uh do keep supporting us we to the listener thank you for listening thank you for giving us your valuable time and feedback guys and it's been really great uh knowing your views uh we do hope to become better yes we are novices at stuff like this but yeah, we do hope to become better and uh get you great content and kind of engage you and make, make yeah, this and podcast fun for all of us and on a special note uh, if in case you have noticed the difference uh, in sound quality between uh, podcast 1 and podcast 6 uh that whole improvement is only is squarely on edgar and lionel both of whom have taken a lot of efforts in order to you know go through the whole recording tweak it etc so they are like the whole sound en- engineers behind this so yeah that's a big shout out to you guys yeah, so dude. you guys know we are the sound engineers and also i didn't realize that editing takes so long <laughs> i mean lionel also would agree with me yeah, uh, editing for us at least takes 6 to 8 hours and we are nowhere close <laughs> to being professional so i was just talking to lionel and i was telling him imagine if these guys who are the actual proper professional editing uh, sorry the guys who are actual proper uh, professional podcasters those guys must be spending so much of time and in investing yeah. so much of effort and energy and they are doing video as well we are not doing video yet uh so you know it that's another ball game altogether which is you you really need to uh give a shout out to all those people putting uh, so much of effort and getting like churning out great quality content yeah yeah, yeah it man. it it it's like really it's really we know the effort now we know how we, <laughs> like for a one minute uh like technically for a minute it takes like as good as 5 minutes or 6 minutes close to editing like just to get you that quality Correct. stuff and it just goes on to say like the sound engineers and the guys working in the back end for for like professional companies the efforts are 
like it's unimaginable un- that's like really great really great shout out to those guys and and the podcasters and whoever's working in the sound engineering department yeah guys so definitely your uh, services and your efforts are definitely very appreciated so i was thinking you know how in all nowadays in all these famous songs like taki taki uh, just before the yeah. the intro they are like dj snake or they mentioned their producers yeah. even uh, i think taking back my love they mentioned red one so maybe like in the intro we can dj khalid as well yeah so maybe like in the intro when the intro song is playing we can be like lionel or echo <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh yeah. You guys want to do we that? We can try and doing doing something. Like yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I mean, we should experiment with that. Oh, yeah, you guys want like to come up with aliases who is the editor for the day. So it's all on either Edgar and me flipping a coin like, you know. You do it, no, I do it, no, you do it, I do it. So right, <laughs> we need to come up with like a common name for both of us, like Ed Leo or Leo Ed. Wow, that sounds like a couple's name also. Ed Leo, ஆப்டர்லிஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ்னர்ஸ
I only get notifications of uh, the SMSs and uh, WhatsApp notifications. So, Ethan, <laughs> you have been tagging me on Facebook <laughs> in the past few days, and I see your I see your notifications after a few days, you know, and then uh, I uh, like and uh, whatever wow. comment sometimes. That's because. I only open Facebook when I feel like opening Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't open it immediately. So that that has been my immediate reaction. But uh, a few things about the about this documentary has really startled me. Um, you know, in the in the documentary also they say right instead of we the people, it's uh, we the media, <laughs> and uh, you know that 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 uh, meaning the meaning of we the people has changed and it's not only in the us it's across the entire world yeah. and uh, because of the top 10 social media platforms which were actually designed to bring people together this thing is breaking society universally and it is uh, making us far more and more f- further away from each other which is ridiculous it's like uh, I- i'm not getting the exact example but they say, you know, when you unleash something which you have no idea about like, or like something like, be careful of what you wish for. Hmm. Pandora's box. Exactly. Right. Unleash the Kraken. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So, there are so many movie references and uh, this is something, I mean, I, while watching this whole thing and, you know, I was just thinking, what if, uh, you know, I was there to just uh, witness Mark Zuckerberg when he was getting face mash and... Uh, from those twin brothers, he got their idea Winkle and combined was. it together, right? Yeah, the Winklevoss brothers. Yeah. Uh, and then that took me back to the Social Network, the movie which released, I think, so in 2010. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have not watched it, please go and watch it. Uh, this is for our listener. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's insane to think that guy sitting over there just to take revenge <laughs> on his girlfriend. He <laughs> created a face mash app, and now. It's changed the world. Like literally, it has changed the world, and that is insane to think of something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, behind every successful <laughs> man is a woman. Sometimes you don't know what the reason is, but yeah. Yeah. So um, true. Good point. So when I was actually watching the social network, sorry, when I was watching the social dilemma, uh, mm-hmm. I my first thought was that uh, this isn't accurate because I'm not influenced by this. Uh, uh, very often, I don't immediately, you know, go around and uh, basically get influenced by this, feel bad mentally or get pushed to action. But then I realized that uh, what they are saying over there, it's not about uh, one person getting influenced. It's more along the lines of how many people of the same demographic you can get pushed into it. So rather right. than our listener probably just thinking, wait, I don't get influenced by social media so therefore it's not a problem maybe think about how many other people in total are actually getting uh, uh, influenced by social media and maybe then you can actually think about the whole consequences of it uh, so, mm-hmm. absolutely yeah another thing is so basically there were uh, uh, basically if you look at it i did some research on this and if you look at a timeline uh, of uh, how uh, this whole facebook algorithm was bought came across so basically the algorithm just an intro the algorithm is basically how facebook decides whether something is or should be put on a person's feed okay and it's basically constantly changing uh so it's like first it started with uh, uh, how many of the posts got likes 
then it moved on to friends and families then three it talked about uh, it got different reactions and then finally the fourth uh, part is that if it generated comments so they were looking for like videos etc which were more than five minutes because the five minutes had engagement yeah and they also found uh, they also wanted people to actually comment like etc so that is exactly yeah. uh, when this whole issue came about because they realized that there were a lot uh, the kind of comments that the kind of posts that were getting spread mm. were posts that were inflammatory like you know undocumented uh, immigrants or there's a government conspiracy etc so i think rather than a conspiracy this is just basically the social media is just or facebook etc they're just trying out different things they are seeing what their uh, response is and then you know changing it so i don't think it's malicious malicious i think they're just trying to do what the best they can and from right. afar it looks malicious right so that's more of the social algorithm which you're talking about like you so for a for a listener out here Eaton just broke down what what is a social algorithm and how Facebook uses it. But what I think is that uh, an algorithm is supposed to be very objective in nature. It's not supposed to be biased at all. Okay, but uh, what these companies are doing is they are somehow embedding their philosophies in these algorithms. So, for example. Uh, if just just a very it's a very bad example <laughs> but uh, i'll say it nonetheless for example if uh, someone posts a porn video <laughs> on actually you know what porn video is not the best example if someone posts a uh, post whatever is something which is not very uh, society friendly or family friendly content <laughs> okay um, the algorithm is is supposed to be very objective it has to promote it the way it is the way it is, it's actually designed to be promoted like the in a very objective manner but that's not what happens man if the algorithm detects that this is something not family friendly or not society friendly or whatever it uh, you know it it does not promote that that kind of content uh, so therefore i don't think social media and these companies they are very uh, democratic and they are very open in their approach you know they are very whatever their philosophies are they uh ultimately embed it in the algorithm mm-hmm. and that i think so is malicious over a period of time right all right oh so, so to to counter that point mm. one thing that i've read is basically for algorithms yeah. how do you actually know whether an algorithm is actually working so what you do is you create an algorithm you basically type it uh, you basically uh, you uh, run it across a few users and then if the users like what they see you basically know that it's working so there's an inherent bias in it in the sense that uh, if you want to if the programmer thinks that the user wants to see conservative post then he'll build the algorithm in such a way that the conservative posts are like that so i'll give you a good example I'm I'm a sell side financial analyst okay so we have models that are supposed to basically value a company to sell it right okay. but uh, in a, in another sense that uh, I want to sell this company for 100 million USD right hmm. so with that number in mind 
I'll probably tweak the model a bit so that, uh, you know, the valuation comes out to around 100 million. Okay, so in a sense, I am uh, tweaking the algorithm to fulfill my bias, uh, some inherent uh, thing that I want. Okay, Correct. So I'm not also and just an FYI, uh, even the buyer of the whatever company I'm selling, he also knows we does uh, we do this, so it's not unethical. Just an <laughs> FYI. Okay. So no, yeah, that's across that's across everywhere. They want a certain value. They want to sell the company at, and that's how you derive the value. So, yeah. yeah. So basically, if you're talking about inherent bias, um, that is there because when you're pr- making an algorithm, what output you want, that is basically how the engineer uh, will put the algorithm to try and you know push the same output. Yeah, but yeah. for me, the algorithm is more of trying to like. So the way I look at it as an algorithm is a is a code written in order to understand the user. Now, when yeah. an algorithm runs, it's trying to run out of your people who you like how how you broke it down to us. Like it's, it's it's trying to gain like who who do you see first? So you will see your family, friends, and people like that. On the basis of that, what views you like to see? Like for example, if you would like to see like a pro Trump or a pro 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 like Angela Merkel post or like pro Nas Daily pro post, the algorithm is trying to learn off you. There are times that, you know, algorithms will just throw something very random in your face. And this has been known to happen uh, even for instances on YouTube where a random video has got like multiple likes. And that's the whole thing. And that's the whole thing with algorithms. And that's why you think that, okay, fine, algorithms are trying to run us or whatever. At times, mm-hmm. it's trying to learn off us. And that's that's my whole understanding of a social uh, algorithm right now as we, as we speak about it. Like, Edgar? I, so, one thing is, yes, algorithms are learning off us and they're learning <laughs> about us. Uh, all that is fine. But also, what I, what, what, concerns me is that algorithms are also designed in a way to influence people who are on the edge about something they're not this side or they're not that side so that's how mm. uh, these algorithms during the during the uh, elections uh, yeah some people are strongly democratic in nature some people are strongly republican and this i'm referring is uh, to the social mm-hmm. uh, to the us elections okay um yeah but <clears throat> Through the algorithms, they were able to sway people's opinions from one one side to another. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- that's one thing. Uh, f- another simpler example is uh, you guys heard of the flat Earth theory, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. for our listener who hasn't heard or who doesn't know what the flat Earth theory is. So there are a bunch of people in the US and probably across the world, but in the US for <laughs> sure. And they think that the earth is not round, the earth is flat. And they think this is all a conspiracy by scientists <laughs> and governments and, uh, you know, scholars that are to, to trick people into thinking that the earth is flat. Now, don't ask me why. This is <laughs> what they believe in. And uh, what I think is on social media, if someone clicks on flat earth theory of something related to flat earth once this after they click on that they kind of and probably they don't know they're not very uh, well aware i know it's ridiculous to say that someone is not very well aware whether the earth is round or flat but (laughs) trust me there are people and there are idiots like that in this world okay so these algorithms they make 
people like these who are on the edge of something or who don't know something or they're not very well aware uh, of of uh, of the world they kind of push them from one side to the other like you know uh, and that's what they, they in in evidently they start making them believe that the earth is flat uh, there's another example which i have is the area 51 raid which happened so you know uh, do mm-hmm. you guys heard, yeah. have you guys heard about it i have yeah, heard yeah. but not like to the extent of what okay. it's about yeah so area 51 is this place in the us for our listener again who uh, mm-hmm. where you know the us government conducts these kind of experiments and they think that alien life they can find alien life and um you know uh, pieces of hardware left from uh, ufos and stuff and they're kind of working on it now how true area 51 is what is inside it's all top secret it's all classified we have no idea what it is <laughs> but on on facebook one guy started like this campaign uh to you know raid area 51 and this campaign became such a massive hit oh, yeah. that people actually planned one day and date to go and just barge into area 51 and remember okay area 51 is a place run by the government it's a secret place uh, i don't know exactly which part of us it is in i think i'm not sure anyway uh, and these people were going to invade it nevada nevada yeah. Yeah? right 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 nevada yeah so area 51 is in nevada is in a state called nevada and these people were actually going to invade it and uh, you know try to find out the truth about aliens whether they exist or not <laughs> i think i o- I honestly think it was just a joke it was just a community thing like having a pokemon uh, catching session yeah but that the exactly pokemon go session proves my point that you know it's something just a joke but so through social media people get so influenced through these algorithms and all this nonsense and then yeah, they but literally believe it's true and then they uh, want to go and raid these places yeah but like uh, what i feel in your in this case or in cases like this Hmm. it's like sometimes is that underlying uh, belief within them that they want to know that is true right and it's like it's more like if i see this more with my parents hmm. and our and their generation but suddenly they'll come up to us and they'll tell us uh, do you know it's the end of the world going to come and it's predicted and forecasted in 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 our holy books 2012 <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember when we were in 2012 yeah remember when our like, parents you know, used to Sorry, you remember when our parents used to tell us not to believe everything on the internet? Right, but they themselves are influenced by WhatsApp. Now today, I have my mother coming up to me and telling me, you know, stuff like uh, 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 the revolution is going to happen. Like for for a <laughs> listener again who is not not in the Christian belief, revolution is supposed to be the end of the world, the Armageddon in short. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. lot of this conspiracy is going on, like it's the Armageddon, and this is across. I do not know if it's across religions. but this is what is happening and this is what i see resonate with my people with my uncles as well and people of this similar age group and that what what i try to feel is that uh an algorithm sometimes try to learn of a of a person and then mm. afterwards it gives them to see what they want to see and just make their belief right. a little more stronger stronger correct the, o- the only fact that is scary yeah. is that the reach of this algorithm is insane in the past in the past you had like 5 to 10 people that it had it had its influence on correct today you have like plethora you have like thousands you have like 2000 people that that very same algorithm <laughs> can reach to and it's mm-hmm. and it's just scary at times like that i i i think so i read this article where it says that and i think so even the social uh, dilemma covered it mm-hmm. but the impact of false news and fake news it yeah. has a six times impact as compared to the actual True. news 
True, true. And that but then that's so scary. Scary. That's a there's an old saying, right? Winston Churchill also said that the of uh, f- the rumors and all can cross the globe before the truth has a chance to put its pants on. So rumors in rumors and fake news in general, uh, you know. In general, I think they travel much faster than the truth because yeah, but everyone now you have a tool it. that amplifies that speed, right? Like mm-hmm. back then, you had like word of mouth, mm-hmm. and now you have a tool which will just overnight it's gone. This correct. It sometimes it does have a positive impact. Sometimes it does have a negative impact. I do not know. Just uh, I'm just going deviating for like a <laughs> bit on this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you all? Did you all see that Baba ka Dhaba thing right now? What is mm-hmm. going on and trending on Facebook? Not so for our listener, so for our listener, right? Uh, Baba ka Dhaba right now is this old man who's running a shop in India, and okay. these vloggers go there. They take a video. They know he's struggling. He's an eighty-year-old man with his wife. He's not eaten food, and he could not afford food for that day. He's not got sales. Hmm. And then they went and posted this video on Facebook, and today there's like a mad rush during a pandemic. There is wow. a mad rush at Baba ka Dhaba. You have news guys. You have Pepsi sponsoring him, and it's become a full oh. advertising campaign. And the whole underlying fact is the advertisers want to feast off <laughs> an algorithm and want to feast off data, and that Correct. is what also the social dilemma speaks about. An advertiser, your 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 date your data is uh, sold to the highest bidder. In short, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So now that we discuss, like you know, it's as good as sold to the highest bidder. Like, I feel that this is more sounding like Westworld and uh, Rio Boom, and you you see these few uh, algorithms that actually rule and control a, a person out there, right. and it's getting scary. Like Skynet is real, or you can even say that for for our listeners not seen Westworld, if they've seen uh, Terminator, Skynet, <laughs> and then if you if if you're not if you've not seen the Terminator series, if it's more like uh, how do I put it, like Hawali. Even Wally was was part of the it, AI. And, and like Wally spoke about it. AI, uh, like what is Will Smith's mo- mo- movie on the robot? AI robots, AI robots, and even even uh, Eagle Eye. So these are a few movies that spoke about a, a, a system that is controlling a person's life. In short, mm-hmm. like and it's, it's controlling how we go around with that. So I'm not sure if you guys actually know about this, uh, but our favorite our favorite. communist country china is actually coming out with a system that basically tracks people uh they are basically it's something referred to as the social credit system okay. so what it yeah what it does is basically it looks to see it uses facial tracking and you know me, social media presence etc to basically see how many times a person uh does socially beneficial or socially bad behavior and based on that it will basically put give you a score and that score is something that will uh decide uh, certain things like for example uh if you can get an air ticket if you can get a ticket on the high speed train so mm-hmm. as of june 2019 uh, uh, 26.82 million air tickets have been de- denied to people who are, uh, who are considered as untrustworthy so this is it's basic this is in china is this and fake this news or real news it's on Wik- it's on wikipedia and wikipedia is right 
most so, of yeah, the time. The... Yeah. yeah, we paid them recently, like donated yeah. stuff to them, so they have to be. 200 there. bucks. <laughs> Good. So at least, so yeah, can you believe that this system is actually around Edgar? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I believe it is around because while you were explaining this whole thing, some uh, Black Mirror, uh, an episode of Black Mirror was going on in my head, which is very similar <laughs> to what you you were just now talking about. Now I have a bad memory, so I cannot really <laughs> remember exactly what had happened in, in that episode. But I remember someone asking someone else for stars or points or something because they wanted to survive <laughs> or some star, some something like that, man. And it sounds very, very similar to what, what you said. So, yeah, while we are on the topic of uh, social media and social media addiction and its effects, uh, if our listener has not watched Black Mirror, uh, they should definitely watch Black Mirror because it talks a lot about, it, the, the episodes a lot are a lot about social media, artificial intelligence, this, that, and, you know, it's like, what, what are the bad things that can happen to us in future if we are not aware of? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I think probably is a recent trend is that people are not... So, basically, there's an alternative uh, there's an alternative source of information now. People, rather than getting their news directly from, say, a, a news channel or a website, they're basically getting their news from, say, Instagram or social media and everything. Correct. So that also, yeah. So that also gives the opportunity for people to basically, you know, manipulate the news by putting it in one, in only their favorable method. So, what mm-hmm. do you guys think about that? So, yeah, I, Edgar. So I, you know, when when you were talking about people getting the news from Facebook, the first person that came to my mind was Joy. <laughs> I remember when I used to travel to office with him. He used to. Uh, we were. We used to be standing in the metro. Uh, uh, together and he used to be constantly on his phone and he was just browsing stuff and I just asked him you know like dude what are you doing exactly and he was like uh, I'm just reading news on Facebook on my phone so you know uh, he that, that's how he consumes news or at least he used to consume news uh, the other thing is what I watched in a in a podcast called uh, The Flagrant 2 by Andrew Schultz I sent you guys the link as well um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you Andrew Schultz says that uh, our parents in, in, in their zamana, in their generation, they whatever they used to see on TV, they used to just believe it directly because that's how they were brought up, you know, because that time we didn't have fake news, we didn't have uh, all uh, social algorithms and social media and all that stuff, right? It was pretty much honest stuff that used to be published on TV. So... Right. Now in our in in our generation we have grown up with fake news, so we know how to. We don't believe everything we see immediately. Uh, but however, our parents, although uh, now now they have phones and WhatsApp and Facebook and everything, uh, they still you know they're brought up on that thing where they believe everything whatever they see immediately. Which is why when Eaton you were telling us earlier about uh, China and how they you know give points. I asked you, right, is that real news or is that fake news? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I guess, like you said, like, like you spoke about our parents, I feel this is the most common among our parents. Like, even I spoke about my mom talking about the end of the world and stuff like that. And that's yeah. the news that they, they, they want, that they believe. 
like if if a, if an uncle or if someone close in the family post something something like even as simple as this crazy thing known as your good morning messages will be charged <laughs> oh dude and that has come to me today like you know good morning messages will be charged oh <laughs> my yeah, come on yeah you we don't have to go through this every day yeah. like like not every day but every time i have to tell you please verify your sources of your news <laughs> Now yeah that is what i have to tell we have to tell them and bring about and the same Correct. thing with the younger generation today like some of them who do not know the source and the difference between right from wrong and want to hear what they want to hear <laughs> yeah. will believe in the news they're like oh yeah they are right like how we come up with the flat earthers and even people who 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 have even gone to crazy lengths of saying that the corona virus is not real oh, yeah. yeah that is actually going on today coronavirus is false it's 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 come out of a it's come out of a, <laughs> a pharmaceutical uh, lab out of china uh, and stuff like that and that is the news that is going on seriously i think i think, so. I think yeah. one crazy thing is that people basically there's a distrust with the whole actual news like for example they think that just because toi or some other news is a little bit biased and all that means they can't be trusted so they look for alternative news sources and some of these times these alternative news sources are run by people who do not even have a background in news they are not journalists they they don't know anything about journalist integrity or proper sourcing of news and in certain cases they just put in their own thought points or their own you know angry tones etc and they send it and people readily just take this and use it as actual sources which is a little bit disappointing I mean ideally people should if they get a post they should try and you know check it to see for whether it's uh, correct or not which is why we have this website called fact checker or factchecking.com right yeah. just for this particular yeah. reason right. I think recently what really irked me is uh, someone uh, someone literally sent a whatsapp forward and in the whatsapp forward is basically a video with a scroll basically they are writing something and they're like um i don't have any uh, i don't have any proof but i feel that the whole <laughs> coronavirus was actually made in uh, the a lab so there's no such way that this mm-hmm. can travel so far and it's uh, so far so fast and i think basically china wants to disrupt all the other economies so that they will recover faster and they'll be able to take over the world and i'm like one it's through whatsapp so there's no journalist integrity attached to it mm. and it's like unlikely why which company which country would actually do something like this basically uh destroy its own economy just in the hope that the uh, it can disrupt other economies i mean it doesn't make sense but there are some people who are a little bit i think they're just looking for a good story the whole thing that comes out of people not uh, believing the news or not trying to vet their news and what edgar spoke about andrew shaw's podcast on on how parents would look at one news and then believe it our generation or the generations a bit before us grew up with the fact that saying that the news is common across everywhere is it bought mm. is it biased is it stuff like that mm. and that from that doubt it crept on to like a lot of people coming up with vlogs and stuff like that funnily known like what do you call a person who's a vlogger or what what bracket do they influencer. fall in they fall on influencer influencer exactly yeah, yeah. they are not called they are not they are not artists 
no one calls them an artist they call them they are called they are known as influencers yeah because Very it, true. they change a person's perspective on things in, yeah. in across your social media sure i think now people everyone just wants to be an influencer because it gives you all of that press privileges and stuff you'll basically companies will give you free stuff you'll be able to get a little bit of ad revenue so everyone is like really in a rush to uh, become an influencer right in fact influencers uh rarely not rarely it would be wrong to say rarely but there are many influencers who call themselves influencers rather than digital content creators i mean and when you call yourself a digital mm-hmm. content creator it means it's totally different than calling yourself an a uh, social media influencer or uh, or just an influencer right mm-hmm. so that's it and then talking about advertisers and stuff like that like i read this part is that sometimes even companies that want to promote their stuff uh like facebook technically wants them to spend money and 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 it's more of a revenue like that like they they have the content that they they have the content they have that uh, database of people and the talent pool of people mm-hmm. you're literally sold to the highest bidder like and they and that's how facebook tries to generate their revenues which is wrongly done at times so that's 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 a part of advertisement also right mm-hmm. while preparing for this podcast i i just uh, came across this thought and i wanted to ask both of you and obviously to our listener also do you think it is right okay so everyone knows this right that uh, if we are not paying for the product we are the product right and mm-hmm. all these big uh, tech giant companies they are using our uh, data uh, and they are actually selling it to advertisers and the advertisers are the uh, cons- uh, the buyers or the consumers not us okay mm-hmm. but i want w- what i was thinking is would you be fine using <clears throat> social media facebook instagram twitter and everything if these companies would pay you f- for your data or don't you think it is right or fair that if they are using you for something uh, especially information in this case they should or data they should pay you for it right what what are, what is your opinion on this uh, eaten so i think that these guys are providing a free service uh definitely they should have they should get compensation somewhere and if they want to sell our data or to the high, uh, to someone else mm-hmm. of sort yeah it's it's okay but i think there's a matter of something as intrusion that if the uh, if the ads are too intrusive mm. or the platform that they are using seeks to change its essence then it's bad like i'll give you an example mm. when youtube was a normal uploading site right Correct. in its first inception Correct. anyone could come just thing an app and they'll be uh, they'll be uh, famous justin bieber became famous you got a lot of comedians who probably wouldn't have been able to Russell Peters became famous. Yeah. But now right. I think uh, I think now a very a change that at least I've noticed is that YouTube is actually telling the artists what they want. Mm-hmm. So a lot of artists are complaining that they're not earning enough from YouTube advertising and two YouTube is uh, blacklisting them because of uh, something they call low effort content. So now they have to try and find a way to make their content more engaging. or something like that so something as simple as just reading of reddit is no longer important so in a sense youtube is actually controlling the artists 
rather than the artist just freely contributing to youtube which spot is kind on. of wrong spot on so is this the artist you're talking about youtube artist or your normal artist like uh, even no, even a- perform anyone so even if on if for us tomorrow if we go on youtube and we try to get this podcast on youtube and try to get people we may we get are. a notice yeah uh we may get a notice saying your uh, your content is low value uh, low effort content we needed to do this this and this ask more mm-hmm. questions or something of sort and then i mean that's basically control them controlling us rather than just creating a platform for people to share and that is basically like it's not just uh, if you look at it social medias are just saying they are platforms they are not editors they are not saying they are not telling people uh, what uh, they have to do they are just pub- letting anyone publish on it but when they become actual editors then that's a totally different thing right it's a whole new ball game yep. yeah yeah So Lionel uh, I also I am very curious to know what is your take on us being paid for data and uh, you know when I especially when our privacy is in, uh, intruded uh, I want to know your take but just to uh, build up on Ethan's point uh, hmm. what what he's talking about is the YouTube artist just to give an example which just came into my head uh, Rogan for example who is the biggest podcaster in the world and he's a very famous personality he talks a lot yeah. of stuff which is uh, you know um not family friendly content he's abusing he's smoking weed on the podcast he's drinking alcohol mm. and uh, he's uh, you know he does not get any ad revenue from youtube now this guy has 12 million <laughs> followers on youtube just youtube itself forget let alone the other podcast platforms okay imagine how much of ad revenue from youtube he's missing out on like probably thousands and thousands or even millions of dollars okay now what has happened because he knows that youtube is promoting family friendly content rather than you know just a uh, real artistic uh, whatever the artist wants to uh, promote artistic freedom or whatever yeah correct he's leaving youtube and he's moving to spotify and now even in spotify the employees are having issues with him <laughs> coming on to uh, spotify and talking about uh, things like you know uh, he, they think he's anti trans uh, and he's anti this and anti that and they have and um, that's a separate issue but what i'm saying Correct. is that he's le- he's left youtube or he's leaving youtube or he's in the process of leaving youtube and now he's moving on to spotify and that's what these top level artists are doing man they are leaving <laughs> platforms like youtube because uh, of these rules and regulations by uh, by these companies like youtube but anyway coming back to your uh, opinion on whether we should be paid for our data right so i taking the listener back to one of our podcasts earlier and tying it back to the cookies and my answer back then <laughs> i was <laughs> fine with uh, them taking my data because it was free and like you know <laughs> i'm using the i'm using their platform for free but after watching social dilemma after reading a lot about it i would say yes if you're taking my data you need to compensate <laughs> me a bit but mm. you're idly taking my data just to earn off me also at the same time right that is the whole idea right and i need like what 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 the whole documentary of of social dilemma also is trying to point out is okay you have your data content over there you need to regulate it you need 
to know what data goes to them or not because yeah. today it's very scary that google google has everything of yours it has where you've been if your maps are not off it knows where you live <laughs> where you work where you've been which pub you've been to which which places you've been to with linking with uber and all those other things that is your entire life onto one platform and Correct. tomorrow if that goes in the wrong hands and sold to the high again i'm reiterating on selling it to the highest bidder my life is sold into someone else's hands <laughs> and even if yeah. you're paying me for that yes okay fine do pay me but what <laughs> am i benefiting by you knowing my life like are you trying to control or what what is your whole uh, agenda of that yes definitely money i will not say no to money but <laughs> yeah. you would need to you, you would need to restrict on what of what privacy what data mine goes to them there are Correct. times that i mean like you know imagine guys imagine suckers who actually searching for you know penis enlargement pills in youtube and google coming to know about that like yeah. that is like certain private and intimate stuff that you need I, on a flip side even if it's like a creepy stuff it's good that they know about it but certain things when your life which you want to keep a secret and more on why why ask on the artist thing with with eaten uh, hmm. uh, on on youtube there's a lot going on right now known as uh, the gap it's known as a gap and a lot of these artists uh, even like beyonce and your normal uh, artists that record like beyonce justin bieber and all those guys Mm-hmm. are earning revenues their record revenues right now so technically right now back then your revenue the artistic revenue would be or would be gauged by the cd sold and and right. the content sold today it's more on your youtube views and the number of likes and how many things but i think so katy perry is number 1 on the list of the amount of uh, videos seen mm-hmm. the highest number of youtube videos seen and they earn out of that but they're like the revenue earned as compared to back then from this channel or from these mediums of records and youtube videos and all is far less as compared to mm-hmm. what they would earn and it's called the wage gap it's called the gap the whole term is called yeah. the gap so to the listener mm-hmm. talking about that so this is a cross different artists that youtube doesn't pay you <laughs> but yet it remains the largest platform to uh, kind of you know post your stuff on it yeah man yep. so basically netflix has been very critical of uh, social media in uh, the social dilemma hmm. but in a sense also netflix itself has been tried to has tried to be uh, has tried to be uh, addictive uh, by its own self so we all are familiar with that whole bingeability thing that uh, netflix tried to do where they tried to be a bingeable service and right yeah so if you look at it a lo- they tried to make a lot of their shows bingeable through a few ways like one of the ways was they um so how a movie normally works is that there are three acts the okay. first act the second act and the third act right so what they do mm-hmm. is uh they basically in a in a tv series the first uh, two episodes are act 1 the first three to seven episodes are act 2 etc so like that it, because they are so interrelated mm. they are uh, people are uh, what do you call this encouraged to actually see first three episodes together rather than just keep it as a se- uh, separate thing correct uh, another thing that they another thing they do is they end episodes on cliffhangers like something ch- something radically changes so therefore people want to go to the next episode in order just to see how what, it resolves etc yeah 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 right. and also previously uh, when a tv show was introduced they would start with self contained episodes like in the first episode this happens hmm. second episode this happens 
and then later on they move on to a full myth arc thing where you have a story that spans multiple uh, episodes mm. but now in the first season only you have like a story that spans the full season so people are in tuned uh, to in it in order to try and see the full story uh, so what do you guys think about the whole uh, uh, bingeability aspect of uh, netflix yeah edgar yeah so dude these three things what you said how they're making uh, you know movies and series uh, very bingeable that's absolutely true but uh, i remember speaking i remember speaking to umale about this he was explaining a con- this concept to me that if netflix doesn't create more and more content and keeps people engaged on their platform they will die out soon because uh most of the content is not original content no i mean it's copied from here and there and it's they've purchased the rights so that's why they have to keep people uh, uh binge uh, sorry they have to keep people addicted to uh, their platform so that they don't mm-hmm. die out i think that is the core of why it is so addictive and so bingeable does this make sense sorry. to you <laughs> yeah yeah uh, in a So what I think is if you look at it if you look at the difference between cable TV and mm. Netflix mm. it's like cable TV has its own infrastructure you have to get a guy come in he has to put the cable in yeah. and then every month you have to pay it but for Netflix yeah for Netflix it's like if it's very informal you can basically on uh, uh if you don't feel that the content is good you can just stop it until the next blockbuster thing comes out and then you'll put it you'll watch it for one month and then you'll stop it right so because of that because they want people to keep on to put with the to go with the service for like yeah. a full year right probably they have to make sure they have multiple multiple contents on that exactly they, exactly. they have a lot of content so that people can get stringed along for the full year Mm. and i think also another thing that they do is that they uh, they basically get people to share accounts so that it's like uh, instead of one person's like i'm not going to use it for one month mm. uh it'll be fine it's like if you're sharing it you're like i have to stick in this group because either the group will get angry at me for just leaving and coming back <laughs> or i may lose my spot yeah someone else may come in and then i'm gone i'll have to find someone new uh lionel any thoughts so yeah apologies I was, i was a bit quiet so i was just reading this article where they are facing backlash on uh, on the bingeability and coming up with the term of bingeability because re- <laughs> it, it was found in a study and survey that people are losing their sleep over this whole thing yeah. and it's affecting uh, mental health and it's affecting people like you know drastically uh, another thing what i what i what i notice also what netflix is doing is the whole crux of our entire podcast we're talking about a social dilemma we're talking about a, a content that is sort of changing our viewpoint hmm. the same thing happened when they had released game changers and these are a few contents that they are releasing now to elaborate more on game changers uh, netflix last year somewhere around last year had released the show known as or this uh, documentary known as the game changers and it spoke about how the food we eat or the the content or the food intake of ours is kind of poised and promoted more towards veganism like it showed Ooh. pros on veganism more than more than anything and people were like uh 
out there were like, come on, yeah, you don't need to enforce your ideas and thought processes on us. And there are these few documentaries which also Netflix has introduced. So even more on the control aspect of it, they are trying to influence us in some ways through bingeability. And this Very is true. this is the whole thing what I feel on on Netflix bingeability and and stuff like that. So for those who have not watched the Game Changers, it's a very good understanding on how to re- lead a healthy life. But it's more of what do you take from it. You don't need to take everything from it. Like it's like totally telling you to stop your meat. And it's gone to even say that you know this. It's 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 very weird that this is what my friend was telling me at 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 the at a lunch table in office was like. Uh, if you want a longer, long-lasting erection, <laughs> vegans are more prone to have like greater erections for longer growth, and you know your babura will you know stand stronger, grow bigger, and stuff like that. And it's kind of weird, like you know, and and they've done stuff like that, and it was trying to promote veganism to a whole new level. <laughs> and yeah, that's what you have these few documentaries out there on Netflix. Yeah, and yeah. I think also. If you're talking about algorithms, also Netflix has that uh, has an algorithm to basically help you to decide what to watch next. So it basically, uh, I think each TV show has a huge amount of uh, data points within it. Like, is it dark? Is it a teen comedy, etc. Mm. And basically, Correct. based on how long people actually interact with it, it decides what to do next. And I think there are also a lot of TV shows which basically are uh, algorithm buzzwords that uh, we need a show about uh, which is a teen comedy and which is also dark so you get the chilling adventures of sabrina mm. so in a sense they also use uh, algorithms a lot also yeah yeah but and i feel the algorithms are a bit flawed because every second thing that they release is supposed to be number one trending that is always there I, and then you tell everybody ends up watching it that but, is kind of this but if you're saying Netflix algorithms are flawed, have you gone on Amazon Prime? Dude, that is like ridiculous. <laughs> the algorithms, there are no algorithms only. It's so crazy. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> because uh, Prime doesn't have enough. Um, Prime doesn't have enough uh, content. Content. It's much, much, much less. But yeah. yeah, and I think also in terms of anxiety-inducing, if you look a lot of their TV shows. They have like 20 year old, 25 year olds who look like with bodybuilders with abs and stuff. So when we are watching stuff like this, we are like, shouldn't I have a body like that? Mm. Is something wrong with me? So that also creates anxiety within us. Have you guys ever seen? Yeah, that's a whole media in short. Like it's kind of very weird. Like every, you know, working husband will be like, you know, buffed up and, you know, (laughs) You know, a guy working in a normal Wall Street and stuff like that, they're so thin. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, n- no. no, not necessarily because majority of them are. But, you know, some of them, like, who are, who are analysts stuck on desk, we know the pain, <laughs> man. You don't even get up to have a normal lunch. Your eating style and everything is gone and it's kind of flawed. But this is what they try to show, like, you know, uh, the fun side. Like, you're supposed to look like at that part particular way and it's affecting people is that social acceptance is what i was seeing dr phil today but kind of weird but <laughs> yeah that is what he was talking about social acceptance and that's what's ruling it and that's what i think so even social dilemma also speaks about on uh yeah edgar any thoughts yeah man so 
I totally agree with uh, both of you when you guys say, you know, uh, your body image uh, and your and the perception of your own body gets uh, affected when you see these things in serials. But uh, also at the same time, uh, just to kind of move a little bit uh, from uh, in a different point of view, uh, there are so many apps nowadays, you know, on Instagram and Snapchat, which makes young girls who are like probably 13 year old look like 26 year old uh, rogan's daughter rogan posted this on facebook and on instagram he was like he posted a photo of himself okay now rogan is like an alpha male he looks very manly and whatever but this <laughs> yeah he definitely a, he clicked the picture of his of himself as a female uh, and he looks, he looks very, it looks very convincing, you know, you would not say that, hey, this is, this is a guy uh, and uh, the photo, uh, the software has changed his image. So there's a lot of uh, body dysmorphia happening in, uh, I, I mean, Lionel, earlier you were saying that, you know, uh, for people like us, who's, we are adults and we have these issues uh, when we are working and stuff. Dude, imagine teenagers and pre-teenagers, they have 10 times... Mm -hmm. Uh, worse issue you know uh, when, when it comes to the same thing i mean uh, at least we we our prefrontal cortex has developed compared <laughs> to them but uh, <laughs> these guys and, and which is why they cause there's so much of self-harm there's so much of suicide rates uh, in these in this category of people right for the same reason right so coming back to that uh, on on us like mm -hmm. honestly speaking even back in the day when we were there in college uh, anorexic anorexia was the biggest issue mm. and the biggest topic out there. Right. It's just that now it is yeah now it it was it was very sad like back then anorexia was was a topic and uh, now it's just amplified and it's become more of an image and stuff like that. And back to a few podcasts earlier we were talking about Black Lives Matter and all and people want to go there to show that they are part of the movement and sort of part of these kind of stuff. Yeah. It's become more like, oh, I support you without even applying your brain towards it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's oh, literally yeah. like that at times. Yeah, it's basically like forwarding a WhatsApp without reading it. Yeah. It's just, you just do it like someone on our uh, podcast just <laughs> did last week, or la yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to ask you, so, is this a dig at me and uh, you, you already <laughs> answered my question. What did you forward? I forgot. So he followed me something about uh, how uh, if in the workplace they focus more of indi on individual achievement that a person has to you know be the best etc and mm -hmm. rather than if you focus on say collectively coming together as a, a team rather than on individual you will probably have less of a wage gap less of uh, gender disparity etc. So I replied to that and apparently this guy didn't even read it so he didn't even know what he was sharing so yeah i think right. one pro one probable takeaway from uh, the uh, that a listener should take away from this podcast is whenever you're reading whenever whatever you read on whichever platform just do a little bit of digging if it's something that you're really interested in and you want to share just do a little bit of digging first okay just right. in, in my defense um what i read so, you know, on YouTube, they have this one image, right? Nowadays, between videos, between uh, mm -hmm. uh, whatever videos that they show you, they have one image. So, I saw something right. called, uh, I saw something that said, uh, that was on the lines of, uh, 
ஒருத்தன் I took a screenshot I sent it to Ethan and I didn't click on the article and read it myself but what I did is I just copied the article link also and sent it to him so basically he read much more than and he knew much more than I knew but I just sent it for fuck's sake but if you but like talking about survival of the fittest and college days didn't you beat him at a race or someone beat him at a race no that was Sherwin so we have a friend named Sherwin who used to play football and mm-hmm. i under the mistaken impression that because i was taller i would uh, be able to you know run Cover more further ground. than him yeah yeah, oh, yeah. So, the games we used to play back then man uh, no and interestingly enough shervin the name shervin translates into swift runner so <laughs> i should have not from the start not to challenge him no you can challenge him now but then it's kind of stupid at the games that yeah. the games are it's kind of weird like you know Yeah but yeah you know what speaking of games i think apart from social media you also have a lot of games that try to be very uh, uh very addictive so more specifically you have things like candy crush and farmville etc they basically mm-hmm. their very essence is uh meant to try and get people to spend as many t- as much time as that so in terms of farmville what they used to do is they basically you have to you cannot just stop playing the game every day right. you have to come and do something with your crops you have to harvest the crop right, plant seeds etc remember playing this man and there used to be also a lot of countdowns like it takes 2 hours for the things to fully grow so after 2 hours you have to come back yeah so yeah. because of that you're always playing the game you can't like in my case if i want to stop playing a game i can go one week without playing a game but for stuff like farmville you have to come back to it every day just to like continue correct right right yeah so any of us have done stupid things like like buying stuff and doing stuff for games like i remember doing that man lionel i have i have two stories to share with you one is on your buying thing and one is on eaten farmville thing i remember when i was playing that dumb game uh <laughs> you know one of my friend added me to a group you had to be part of a group you know and you had to do right. a group effort a right. uh, group activity together so i ended up adding random people i ended up adding her <laughs> friends who i had no clue about and we together we are working on farmville to make some uh, you know to get to the next level it was now that i think back it is very crazy the other story what i have to share with you is Uh, I'm so just just for the listener I'm not a gaming person I'm I have I'm not into gaming and stuff but uh, because of the lockdown I had downloaded uh, an NFS game on my mobile and I started playing it and I love racing games car racing games and I got really addicted to it I got so addicted to it that to go to the next level like uh, to purchase boost or go to the uh, what's the thing called mod factory or some Uh, you know where you purchase spare parts yeah. and upgrade your car dude i i started spending money online <laughs> i started spending first it, it was with a small amount like 100 rupees or 200 rupees 
and slowly slowly i started making purchases of like 400 500 rupees and and uh, my <laughs> entire amount what i spent on that game was 2000 rupees and after Holy a point shit. i just realized oh shit i spent 2 grand on this game <laughs> am i so much addicted and so uh, deep into it and then um, i thought that you know uh, I-, i was just going crazy man just crazy to the extent that i even joined a facebook group where uh, i read uh, w- w- which was which showed how to uh, get to the next level how to what car to choose how do you drive this car how do you solve this level and i got so uh, what do you call it into the game and it was really destroying me and uh, robbing me of my money <laughs> uh, it was a little late by the time i realized i lost 2 grand but yeah i uninstalled <laughs> the game and stopped playing it yeah man so like i'm more of an old school guy so if you look at it like if if you're talking about games on facebook i used to play farmville but my friend had my id and they used to grow crops and gift themselves stuff and all But mm. the craziest game of the I I do not know if you all were around when this game was there. I haven't played War Book. War Book. No. So no, we haven't. Back in two thousand six, two thousand six, two thousand seven, Facebook had this game called War Book. Okay. And it's something like uh, God of War. It's one of these games where you build a city and then you have a necromancer. Civilization. One, yeah. So you build a civilization, and you have I think so Age of Empires also was something on that ground. Hmm. Yeah, real time yeah. strategy basically. Right. So it was on Facebook. So I as a I I had an ID and there were like five levels. One would be a magician, one would be a landlord and one would be like a like a soldier and you build your ranks and you build your uh what do you say you expand on your strengths and stuff like that. Okay. Now the thing is that you had to go and attack someone else on Facebook like a random guy. And you had like these Facebook groups and all. Till date, if you go on Facebook and type my name, there'll be ten IDs because I made ten <laughs> IDs for Facebook for Warbook, and then later on, all my friends started adding me on those IDs, and I'm like, shit, man, let's not do this thing. That was yeah, one so thing, and then, and then on payment of games, like, uh, I'm a huge Formula One fan, so, mm-hmm. uh, so when I used to play Formula One on my mobile phone, mm-hmm. each car you had to pay for a different you had a different amount and i actually bought those cars just because i wanted to go faster at least packages and all because when you're dueling dueling with a person online you need to have like a faster engine setup and stuff like that and i needed like a power train and i wanted something else or if i wanted a a, a better brake duct <laughs> i would spend money for that and i ended up send, sending a lot of money but i still have the game i Do you remember the amount and i Oh, dude! I spent like as good as I spent thousand bucks for a Ferrari, and then uh, for to oh. upgrade a package, I spent like another six hundred to seven hundred bucks oh, just to upgrade that package. And to you, think of you, that, and to think of that is like imagine when we were kids. Like remember when we were kids, we used to have those game gaming uh, parlors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Used to rob us of our money. This. Yeah, and this is literally done. This is they they're doing the same thing, but it's like more on the digital aspect of it. So basically, if you're talking about game monetization, there are uh, like a few things that they can do. So uh, I think for Farmville, there was one story where one monetization team they were looking for ways to uh, monetize Farmville, and one of the re- one of the ways they came out with was they took a purple, they took a horse, and they just changed the color to purple. and they started selling it and people actually was paid 150 dollars for a purple horse because it was unique so wow. basically people 
people want unique stuff and that is why they'll basically pay for it uh on a similar vein what uh, uh what's that uh, thing called candy crush does is it structures the level such that on your la- they give you a, a a limited amount of moves so in 50 moves you're supposed to finish the level so what happens is you finish 50 moves and you're just one swipe away from winning the level and it's like do you want more swipes we'll charge you like 50 dollars i don't know the actual amount right and you're like i just want to finish this level so you'll actually pay for it and there's another trick they also use they disassociate yourself with the uh, they disassociate yourself with the the money so rather than paying five dollars for 10 moves you first convert the dollars into crystals mm. and then the crystals you will uh, use to pay for that yeah. so like mm. that your association with how much you actually spent spending is totally gone Correct. which is kind of brilliant and i think also it's ironic <laughs> that i'm the only major gamer in this uh, podcast <laughs> i like if you ask me i had a i had a whole line of all the ps3s up to i had all uh, i had a, all the ps's playstations up to the ps3 i have a gaming laptop which i paid a, some premium for mm. and i never actually uh, you know spent uh, so much on all these mobile games and only rarely i think i spent a lot on a game yeah, but how how much does your game cost technically mm, so what happened is i used to when i had the ps3 uh, for the ps1 and ps2 it used to be like a f- uh, free thing like i used to go for all these uh, uh pirated games are like 200 bucks you get the game for the ps3 i used to spend i think around 1000 bucks i used to spend for a game uh how can you not spend more than us then okay fine no but i used to i used to buy very outdated games like a game is 5 years out of uh, stock i used to give that for recycling there's a guy they'll buy your old games and let you for credit to get new games mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i used to use that I used to buy very old games, recycle games like that, but I never used to buy straight off the thing for like 3k games. That is just wow. I'm not going to spend 3k for a game. I'll just wait 5 years. Hmm. Okay. And I think also uh there is I used to play this game called Destiny, which is uh it was like an FPS, which is a first person shooter, and you used to get a lot of you used to get like loot. So when you kill an enemy, they used to drop drop something and if you used to pick it up it could be either a normal common gun or it can be an ultra type rare gun with some special features hmm. so i used to i used to really like playing that and it was free to play you don't have to pay anything to play but uh, what i realized is the odds of actually getting a good gun was very very less and you had to just keep on spending a lot of time on the off chance of getting that dream dream gun Mm. and it's also like if you really want if you wanted to get all the top t- the latest guns and the top tier guns you have to buy their add on packs and stuff and Correct. i was like i don't want to do that i was actually considering it once but then i'm like i don't want to invest so much time play this every day just to you know uh stick uh, to keep my character at the same level so in the end i just decided to stop they entice you with a want saying that you either wait or you pay and you get it faster i think so that's what's been done mm. yeah i i think it's more of just along the terms of a mindless shooter and you, 
this whole gamification aspect, it's not limited to actually games. If you look at it, Tinder has also gamified themselves. Right. I mean, I was if, just coming to that. Yeah. All right. So Leo, go ahead. Yeah. So I think so. It's more on Tinder and Bumble, and and like they give you a certain amount of swipes, and and post that you cannot swipe. You either have to buy a package. Like there are times even 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 on. Uh, like dating apps where they say okay someone likes you but in order for you to know that if they like you and stuff like that buy a package and the whole thing is rotating around like you know you spend money and then you kind of get that also, premium this deluxe yeah and also there's another thing is that they changed the interface in such a way that they just reduced all barriers so maybe if you look at a traditional marriage thing you have to go in you have to look through a long bio you have to read and then maybe mm-hmm. you press a button but for this is basically like a picture comes up you see a a short description left or right so you click left or right so it's like they stripped all the barriers they reduced it to just a game left or right decide quickly and that is basically the whole co- uh, it's basically gamification of a uh, previous app yeah it's gamification of what seema uh, aunty or sita aunty would have done like left <laughs> or right you either have, i have given you two options <laughs> left or right you either take this no or not so yeah maybe there can be an add on or maybe they can put a button called adjustment where yeah adjust if you want to adjust to the person's preference there'll be a flexibility button an adjustment button <laughs> yeah okay so yeah uh i guys i guess that's our show so throughout the if you look at the full show the full podcast uh we basically told the listener how social media makes itself addictive how games make themselves addictive how netflix makes themselves addictive but i think now what we need the listener to do is to tell us how to make a podcast addictive <laughs> so if if you guys have any good uh thoughts or anything you want us to change if you don't want someone to talk about if you don't want someone to talk that often like i don't know edgar <laughs> you want him to be silent <laughs> let the audience decide so yeah that probably we are open to feedback you know us you have told us before we have put uh, the we have taken whatever feedback and we have put it if you have any other feedback just let us know and i think i'm going to leave you with probably the one thing i want to just leave everyone with is probably a very bakshodi topic in the sense you know the whole concept of destiny dharma fate what if that is just basically god's algorithm for us god has an algorithm destiny is how we wow. can describe it wow <laughs> yeah so in oh, yeah. that case you should talk to uh, one of our professors kamesh he will tell you that even kundli's algorithms and it's kind of so yeah if you want us to discuss this topic or if you want to get in touch with us and discuss with it just let us know but for now cool. uh, thank you guys for watching we'll see you on the next one